just launched already. From the brand side out, the only podcast whose goal is to help you launch, pivot, and scale your business or brand so you can serve more, stress less, bank big, and take your rightful place on top. Now, here's your host, live from ECMG Creative Studios, New York, Tanya Weeder. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure, boy. Hey, 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 everybody. Thanks, Mr. DJ. DJ at my side. DJ Premier and Nasia Jones, a.k.a. Nas, on my beat. And tonight, you and you and you and you and you. Come on with it. Tonight is the night of all nights. I have been preparing all weekend and all week for this. This has been one of my favorite series, I think, of all time, at least in the past 10 years. Uh, This is, uh, uh, we're talking about Ozark tonight. I'm just going to put the cart before the horse. Yeah, I'm going to do that tonight. Welcome to our series, You Better Brand That, the only series giving you hidden in plain sight brand strategies to build your business from your favorite shows, series, celebs, and the characters that they play. It's a different kind of vibe. Mm. It's a different kind of review. Yeah. And tonight, You Better Brand That Like Ozark, the Netflix original series that just wrapped up its final season. It is hasta luego. Adios. But they did it. They did it. And it's now streaming on the platform. And I encourage you to stream it. You will not be disappointed. I'm telling you, you will not be disappointed. So let's get right on to it, right? Created by Bill Dubuque, this drama series stars Jason Bateman as Marty Bird, a financial planner who relocates his entire family from Chicago to a summer resort community in the Ozarks. Now, you know that's the PG version. You know that while on the face value, it might look pretty boring, but the question to ask yourself is why? And ooh, yeah, it's juicy and it is so good. And we are going to tell you all about it tonight. Uh, Finesse. Family, friction, factions, all of that is in Ozark. That's what makes this the blockbuster hit that it has been from the beginning. Even if you're not being held against your will, miles away from home by one of the biggest drug cartels on earth, you can learn lessons from this blockbuster hit. Like the importance of a strong brand. How to create a unique and memorable brand. The power of storytelling in your business. Tips for creating an effective marketing strategy. And how to scale your business without sacrificing quality. All of these will work for you, even if you don't have millions of dollars at your disposal. Ozark overall is a crime drama, and it follows the story of the Bird family as they are pulled into the world of money laundering for a Mexican drug cartel. The show is full of suspense, intrigue, and unexpected twists, but it also holds or it has a lot to teach us about business, how to grow, how to scale, how to move, and most importantly, how to pivot. 
Here are five lessons that you can learn from Ozark, and then we're going to tackle some of my favorite characters, and I will chime in because that's what I do. Number one, the importance of building a strong brand. The Bird family's business, Ozark Naturals, <laughs> is a small family operation. But when they are drawn into the world of drug money laundering, they need to create a new front for their business. It's a fake marketing and PR, PR firm called Blue Cat Lodge. And to make their new business look legit, they invest in a strong branding and marketing strategy. That includes creating a memorable logo and tagline, shooting professional-looking photos, and even making a commercial. Their efforts pay off, and Blue Cat Lodge quickly becomes a successful cover for their illegal activities. Until, uh, <laughs> one of the people that they hire comes across the hundreds of upon hundreds of thousands of dollars that they've hidden in a wall and she steals it <laughs> just leaves without a trace I'm telling you this show is incredible so number two how to engage a unique and memorable brand this is how you create that one of the things that makes the Blue Cat Lodge so successful is that it's very dis different from Ozark Naturals it has a completely different look and feel which helps it stand out from its competition now this just goes to show you that even when you're creating a brand it's important to be unique and memorable otherwise you'll just blend in with the rest right three the power of word of mouth marketing this can be good this can be bad this can be somewhere in between depending on what your real goal is staying alive or making money a combination of the both that's that's the the, the the thing that you run into on this show is that you're so conflicted because you want them to do well, but it's not just for being successful in their business, the birds, but you want them to do well because you don't want them to get killed. <laughs> it's such a conflict and it's so beautiful. Number three, the power of word of mouth marketing. Like I said, um, Marty or the bird's money launderer, they set up these meetings with potential clients and encourages them to rely on referrals and friends and family. But as it turns out, word of mouth is one of the most effective forms of marketing as it relies on positive reviews and recommendations from others. The flip side or the dark side, if you will, of word to mouth is that if your system is not set up properly and someone is offended by you being there, a.k.a. these northerners, these Chicagoans coming into our country, coming into our countryside where everything is fine and dandy and disrupting the natural order of things. And... I think while the birds were savvy enough to understand that they were seen as insurgents, <laughs> they, they, they hit a few walls. They hit a few walls and, um, 
yeah, uh, 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 a lot of people got hurt. Number four, how to adapt to changing market conditions. For most of Ozark's season, Marty Bird struggles to keep his business afloat amid rising competition from other money laundering operations. Don't think that just because you targeted this location that there's not foul or a foul stench or underbelly that already exists there, right? Under the shroud of oh, well, we've been here so long, we've amassed a fortune being in this industry, but they're a front as well, right? (laughs) So, Marty has to deal with these new threats that they didn't anticipate, right? The Mexican drug cartel that he's working for begins pushing him out in favor of their own operatives because let's face it, Marty is a beast when it comes to numbers. He knows what needs to be done. He is tremendously loyal. It's not really him being loyal to the organization, but being loyal to his values, keeping his family together despite what he knows about his wife. Um, And it's like, listen... (laughs) We might be doing this in name only, but I happen to love this name and I love this family. And we're going to do what we need to do to survive. Never mind the fact that they're making millions upon millions of dollars, but they can never give off the appearance that they're making that much money as not to start um, putting up these red flags. They live in this house that I don't know why it reminds me of the Brady Bunch house. But it does. It's a beautiful, it's a sweet, quaint house. But on the outside, it looks like something that I created in third grade for a project. And my mother was just like, you know what? That is fantastic. (laughs) That's what this house looks like on the outside, right? So ultimately, Marty overcomes his obstacle or this particular obstacle by shifting his focus away from the pure money laundering aspect of it and into investing legitimate enterprises as well. And this allows him to keep the cartel's money while also maintaining an extremely low profile. All right. Number five. No, let me go back. The importance of focus is not underrated, but it oftentimes is. Something that is can make the difference in the success or failure of your brand or business is focus. What are you focused on? Who are you focused on? Why are you focused on it? He, Marty, literally had to force himself out of thinking I'm working for this drug cartel into, no, I am a highly sought after CPA to the extent that my partner, who was a liar, was actually killed before me and put in a vat of whatever it is so that there's no, (laughs) there's no even proof that he has ever existed. And they kept me alive because of my skill. They kept him alive because he was so focused on what he was focused on in his business. He didn't even realize that his partner, not only was he greedy, 
He was a thief. He was a liar. He was a snitch. And I think, even as I'm talking about this, that Marty's ignorance, I, I can't call him ignorant, his naivete, his naivete, really kept him insulated because Isai Morales, known as Dell in the beginning, oh, fine self, um, he realized that he could use that and manipulate the fact that Marty is an upscale, uh, an upscale guy. He's loyal. He's focused. He has his head down. His nose is not in everyone else's business, but it's where it ought to be, which is at the business's bottom line. And how do we increase that? How do we scale up? How do we scale outward? How do we bring more people into the business? Or unbeknownst to them that that's what they're doing. How do we get investors? How do we make this look legit, even though it really isn't? But with Marty in the front of it, with the birds as the face of it, it's these northerners coming wherever they're coming from or coming to in the Ozarks and expanding this business that, oh, by the way, happens to be a drug cartel. It is amazing, the writing on this show, about how you can get from there to here and the survival of who you are and your business is based on your tremendous ability to focus on the main thing. And the main thing for Marty was, never mind these millions of dollars that we have packed in the walls. Never mind all that. We have to do this to stay alive. Right? Woo! Number five. The importance of always being one step ahead. And this is what we can say about partnerships. Now remember, I said Marty knew that his wife mm -hmm, did what she did. Right? Um, but when you work together and you lay aside the differences... And recognize why you got with this person, whether they're your wife, whether they're your um, friend, whether they are a formidable partner. People are who they are and they show you who they really are when it gets hot. And what we found out about Wendy, his wife, was that like Marty, she always thought ahead of the curve. She always thought about what is going to be beneficial to who I'm speaking to and how do I speak to that in real time? How do I know how to pivot, who, what to say to whom in a room that I could work? These are masterful people at what they're doing. And the importance of those kinds of skills worked for both Marty and Wendy Bird when they worked together. Remember, their goal was to preserve their lives, to preserve the lives of their children. Because no matter how messed up, naive, out of control, cheateration going on, those children did not ask to be brought into this. And so both of them really grew understanding that they had no other choice but to look ahead, if not for themselves, but for their children, right? So Marty Bird constantly had to be uh, one step ahead of his competitors and the authorities 
And this is where Wendy came in as well to help him with the political side of things. He also does this by keeping a close eye on his rivals, investing in new technology, and always being prepared for the worst. And this kind of diligence allows him to stay ahead of the curve and, of course, number one, to stay out of trouble. So what goes on in this uh, show is it's really a new age <laughs> Hatfields and McCoys, but it's coming from every direction. It has to do with class. It has to do with culture. It has to do with, you know, Northerners versus Southerners or Midwesterners. Uh, it has to do with people who are used to moving quickly and fastly uh, against those who are just laid back and are trying to do everything that they can to survive, um, to maintain their family ties, to maintain their relationship with the earth, to maintain who they are in terms of status. And that's why I believe that this show has resonated with so many because you can see yourself, you can find yourself, you can empathize with these people because it's not always about color. It's, it's about culture sometimes. It's about finances and economic deprivation sometimes. And all of us, no matter who we are or what, what walk of life we're in, at the bottom of it, we don't just want to survive. We want to thrive. We don't just want to work for the money. We want to see for once, can the money just work for us for five minutes? You know, and that's why this show is as powerful as it is. So we have the birds, we have the Langmores, the Snells, um, the Elzondo versus, um, and the Navarro cartel, which is one in the same, just levels and levels. And then we have a few hangers on. And of course, we have a snitch peppered in for good measure, right? So someone always gets killed. Someone always gets shot. Someone always just does something completely off the meter to throw the whole plan off. So if I was to, to have a takeaway to give all of you in one fell swoop is plan your strategy, strategize your plan, implement if you will, be ready at the ready. But the most important thing is be ready to move, be ready to change, be ready to, like we, like we used to say as kids, yo, it's whatever, it, it, it's whatever, it's whatever you do, whatever you want, however you want it, it's whatever, and we're ready for it, because anything can come out of nowhere, and there are some things that happen in life, in business, no matter what stage you're in, that no one can prepare you for. Even if you anticipated something like it, some things you just have to navigate when you get there and figure out the rest as you go, right? So let's start with the Langmore family. And I start with them because <laughs> I love the underdogs, man. I just do. I have always been one of these people that just love the underdog. I just, I, I love it. So we're starting out with them and, and they start in the beginning of the, the show as just, oh my God, like just complete 
the worst side of Southern hospitality that <laughs> not even hospitality. It's just it's the worst of the worst of Southern life. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> They're crazy. They're just I knew I was gonna get the giggles, but <laughs> this family is just a disaster <laughs> made up of Russ, three, Cade, Wyatt, and Ruth. Yeah, as Miss Sophia said, a girl, girl child ain't safe in a family of men's. <laughs> That's not the case here. And then again, it is. <laughs> oh, in season one, we <laughs> In season one, I'm just looking at this scene because it's so crazy. It is bizarre. Um, Marty decides that, you know, some of these people need a little bit of persuasion um, to sell their land or to fall back. <laughs> and what they do is they rig this... this <laughs> They rig this platform so that, you know, they can get a little jolt when, when the people who get into their boats to, you know, just uh, uh, paddle or travel from one side of the lake to another, they'll just get a little jolt, right? Not, not an exorcism, not to be completely electrocuted, but just a little jolt, like... You know, we're just going to push you into making a decision. Here comes the Langmore family, always trying to undermine, always minding someone else's business. They decide that they want to get into this boat. What happens is... (laughs) They wind up electrocuting themselves. They wanted to steal from the birds they wanted to steal whatever they were selling whatever they were doing they wanted to get involved they didn't realize that when they touched something that it was tantamount to touching a third rail (laughs) new york city transit system so that's our introduction to this family and the introduction to this family is just I'm gonna say it the way the way it's written on my paper. The Langmore family is one of the most dysfunctional families we have ever seen in the history of television. <laughs> but they also teach us a lot about business. <laughs> they were really ride or die because they rode together and they died together, and that was it. <laughs> but first and foremost, they teach us about loyalty, they teach us about family ties. They teach us about having one another's backs. And that's all. It's absolutely important. But you need to really look at what your common goals are and understand that you can change your goals at any time. But the the problem or the good problem with partnerships is 
there's other people that are involved or there are other people that are involved. And so when you do make changes this way, you often have to make doubly, if not quadruply sure that when you're changing your path, that everyone is on board. Because if they're not, you know, you're just going to cancel one another out and nobody wants that. Um, They also teach us the importance of loyalty as they're always quick to stand up one for another, even when it comes to getting in trouble. Finally, they teach us also that sometimes the best way to run a business is to break all the rules. And I often say this in my talks um, and with our private clients is that, you know, you don't want to go in breaking rules that you know nothing about. You have to go in and familiarize yourself with how things work, how they operate, and then tweak accordingly and tweak according to always remaining in a place of delivering your message, delivering your your goods, your offers with integrity, decency, and respect, right? So it's not always easy to play by the book, especially when you're in a criminal underworld. And, and let's not forget that one of the reasons why um, this show is so good, and I, I think we go back to something that Denzel Washington said about his character um, training day, with which he won a, or for which he won an Oscar for. Uh, and when he was deciding or trying to make the decision as to whether he would take that part, he um, consulted his son. I'm not sure if it was John David or not. But um, his his son was like, you have to take this role because it's it, it, it's like new wave mafia and anything that involves you know a mafia or a system of the underworld, it's always going to have a draw. It's always going to have a pull. And here's why: it's about running a business, as disgusting and despicable as it may seem. You can watch this episode and you can see it doesn't matter who's at the helm; the game keeps going. It doesn't matter whether Dell is put down in the first couple of episodes or not. The game still continues because guess what? When Dell jumps down and we learn that, you know, as our history here in the United States, it doesn't matter if you take out a cell, you got to take out the whole thing, the whole kit and caboodle. You know, you, you busy about taking about out cells. Have you seen the human body? Do you know how many cells are in a human body? That means... You have to focus on where do all of these cells gather? Where do all of these malignancies go? How are they organized? How do they move? So you get a chance to see how, you know, people who are high level in their capacity and in their skill set and in their expertise, how they're mixed into these crime families and how they fit perfectly within these organizations. And oh yeah, by the way, because Wendy has a political past, she knows how to deal with the CIA. She knows how to deal with the FBI. Who who gets to sit down with, who negotiates one of the biggest cartel leaders in the world, sit down with an FBI agent, Wendy Bird. It is amazing. It is masterful. The writing on this show is masterful. And it shows how each one of these factions operate as their own organization. And you can say, you know, I'll leave it to you to decide whether the CIA, FBI, MOUSE organizations are something other than we know them to be. Pick up what I'm putting down. That's up to you. 
But what I'm saying is what makes one wildly successful over another, even in industry and in their field, is their capacity to focus and to execute with laser-like precision their strategy and how they move as a unit in said organizations. Yes, okay, you can repeat this later. I'm telling you, that's how these crime families last so long. That's how these families last so long. That's how these organizations last so long. They have a singular focus to get your man, to get to the yes, to get to the money, to get to the guap. They all have something that they're all pushing for. So Marty Bird can be described. I'm going to go back up for this. Marty Bird is an interesting character because he has tremendous control. And when you see how he handles um, his wife's infidelity, you'll see this is not an ordinary animal. This is no, he's, he's not, he's not somebody who's just, mm, he knows how to compartmentalize. And, and, and to be honest, he's perfect. He's a perfect criminal. Because he looks like, you know, <laughs> Joe Jonas. You know, he looks like, okay, I'm going to wear my fidelity ring and no one's the wiser. That's Jason Bateman. You know, he just has one of those looks like no one would ever think that he was the face of this cartel. And that's pretty much the point. That's pretty much the point. Because this is there's this all-American family and, and they are literally being held captive by Mexicans. I love it! <laughs> I love it! <laughs> so Marty, who has been married to his wife since 1995, uh, Wendy Davis, she's a po- former political consultant. And they have two children, Charlotte and Jonah. And Wendy, I completely forgot about this, she suffered a miscarriage around the Great Recession. Right? After they got into a car crash. And the final season or the final episodes, they get into another car crash. And it is masterful the way Wendy takes that as a sign of if we all made it through that. And it's a bad accident. It's not, okay, someone hit my fender. It's a little fender bender. No, 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 no. That car, that that van flipped over repeatedly. They came out with no scratches. And she took that as a sign of, I'm going to keep doing what I do because we're going to live. We're going to make it out of this. Um, Marty Bird was an accountant and he got involved with this laundering money in Ozark as a result of whew, the misgivings of his partner and the untimely demise. So with that of said partner, and with that in mind, because his partner was killed and his business was responsible now Marty had to absorb that responsibility and he wound up being a great asset because he managed to live 
through mm, three incarnations of this cartel. And that's not to say he didn't suffer any kinds of uh, mental um, uh, 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 <laughs> I'm going to say terrorism. Really. Because what they put that family through mentally, these were some strong people and they were strong candidates for it. And I think that Dell saw that in Marty from the beginning. Um, Marty Bird, we understand that <laughs> he understood the importance of knowing his partners. He didn't have time to trust and verify. Um, I think the fact that they completely dissolved you know, his friend in front of him. And, uh, I think there was a woman during that part that was, uh, actually, um, you know, done away with as well. I think that was all the trust, <laughs> no like trust factor that he needed, um, to know that this was serious. This was something that they needed to do to the extent that, you know, um, they gotta go. Uh, as a result, <clears throat> he could have, uh, as a result of almost losing everything, um, they moved forward. And one of the things that helped him to succeed was his ability to, um, to adapt, uh, to pivot, um, and to change with his conditions because these people were living a nice, comfortable life, Right. And now they had to pick up everything that they knew to go everywhere, to go somewhere else that they never knew. And it, it was crazy. But, and, and I love these children or the children that they had because their children were like, what? <laughs> we're going where? I don't even know what, where is that on the map? And, you know, I think that it was his calming resolve that really helped these kids to understand that even though there was trouble in paradise with his family, with his, with their parents, they understood that their father was always going to take care of them. They understood that their father was always going to make a way for them regardless. And even though the relationship between them actually dissolved somewhat, uh, in the end, as you'll see in the last scene of the last show, they are a family and they are standing together and it is what it is regardless. Now, Wendy Bird, as I said earlier, Wendy is a master of working a room. She knows how to talk that talk. She knows how to walk that walk. She knows how to walk back. She knows how to lean in. She knows when to apply pressure. She is the one. And though she is one of my least favorite characters, she's one of my, <laughs> my most favorite characters as well because... Her skills and her ability to use what she knows is is formidable. It is undeniable. Um, she knows how to click with people. She knows how to build relationships. She knows how to play uh, characters, uh, even her own, against other characters so that the business is always at the forefront, that everyone gets what they want. She knows that the way to work a room or the way to work a deal, the way to close and seal a deal is to emphasize what benefits everyone and all involved, right? And there is, and there does come a time where there, it must be 
what's the word, cooperation. There must be a situation where <clears throat> you have to compromise somewhat for the better of all. Not compromising for compromising sake, but so that you can keep that deal intact. You, you, you have to watch her move. You have to watch even when she's high strung and she's just furious. She's always, you, she's one of those people you can look at them and you still, you, you can literally see the wheels in the cog going through her head. Like it is completely, if you're paying attention, you can see she's always thinking. She is the personification of her head being on a swivel at all times. Because remember, she has children as well. Right? And she's in it for her children and preserving their lives as well. A key skill that Wendy uses to great effect is the power of word of mouth marketing. Word of mouth, like I said, it, it can go both ways if you talk to the wrong person. Remember on Good Girls, you're always going to have that one person that jacks up everything because they don't like something that they see. Instead of going directly to the person... They want to mess it up for everyone just because they didn't get. And that kind of happened in the midst of this series. And you're going to have to watch it to find out for yourself. It is poetry in motion. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, when faced with a threat from one of the uh, Mexican one of the members of the Mexican cartel, she shifts her focus away from pure money laundering towards more forms of investment and involvement, right? That's something we heard before, and that's something that's because Marty does it also. So, as individuals, they may completely hate each other at this point, but when they work together, in the words of Neo, they just make each other better. They really, really make each other better, and it would not have worked without them. And even I think Dell, the um, the the antagonist in the beginning, the first drug cartel uh, person was like, "Listen, we're not doing this without your wife." And oh yeah, if your wife feels as if she wants to be with this man who is also shifty as well, oh, we've got that taken care of for you. You're going to have to watch the show to find out what that was. Uh, <laughs> if there's any such thing as children knowing more than you think, the Bird children are this personified. It's Jonah Bird, who of course loves computer games, quickly learns how to apply his skill and acumen to help out his parents. For example, he helps his father trace an email address and password to a competing money laundering operation. Shout out to the kids doing their thing. Shout out to Girls Code and Black Girls Code. Okay. <laughs> we will find the problem and deal accordingly. Meanwhile, it's little Charlotte Bird that uses her love for art and design to help create the logos and marketing materials for the Blue Cat Lodge, right? Ultimately, it's both these children that prove that they can be valuable assets when it comes to running a successful business. 
And as our Ozark shows us, learning from your children can be one of the best ways to stay ahead of the game in any industry. There's a reason why children keep being born. There's a reason why, you know, we as adults have a problem with children who keep asking why a hundred times. You know that's their phase when they're growing. And when your children don't ask why, that's when you need to start, you know, paying attention to what's going on. But your children are going to keep you on point. Your children are going to be a sponge. Your children are going to pick up what you're putting down and take it a step further because there are things that they see that you don't see because they are much purer. They come from a more pure place than you are right now as a bitter adult. They just see things from a completely different faction and isn't that their job? Their job is to take it to the next level because that's what real generational worth is. It's not just the money, but it's what it costs them to understand that it's their job to move it to the next level and they don't have to be ashamed of it, right? What I love about these kids is Jonah, Jonah created a whole business. He, he created shell corporations after shell corporations after shell corporations. There's no reason for him not to do this because all he's doing is watching what his father and his mother are doing. And from face value, what it is, all they're doing is building businesses. All they're doing is putting all their nuts and bolts together and building a house with other people's materials, other people's deliverables, other people's products, and just making something clean that wasn't also oh clean. Oh my goodness. You can learn a lot from these series. Next, we have the Alessandro and Navarro cartel. Uh, cartel. You've got Omar Navarro. You've got Javi um, Navarro and also Camilla, hmm, Camilla Navarro. <laughs> this cartel is one of the most powerful and dangerous organizations on Ozark. They're also a great example of the importance of networking. It's all a network. When they say it's a racket, that's exactly... In the racket, a network? Have you seen a racket daily? Have you seen a racket lately? Serena, that's a racket, ain't it? Inside, that, that that's a racket. You can see right through it. It's a racket. Because they're little bits and pieces. Shout out to Rico. <laughs> And this is how we brought down, or we like I'm an attorney at, at the Southern District of New York. <laughs> but that's how these these huge mafia organizations were brought down because of Rico. Rico is no, we're not just going after the pawns. We're going to make it illegal so that once we get the pawn, we can we can net all literally net all of these people who are a part of this organization and that's how you bring an organization down not just going by one pawn but by changing the codifications changing the law because they literally had to change the law so that when you go after one it's legal for them now to, to to actually bring down the entire organization because everything that is connected to it is a part of it. Someone wrote on my uh, Instagram a couple of days ago, we put up something about um, Johnny Depp and our previous podcast. 
And I often wonder when people, it's, it's just been deleted because I'm like, I, what kind of psychology are you working with where you would sit and read through an entire post and then when you make a comment, it's going to be negative and you're not even talking about what you're talking about. You just want to be glib and nasty. And my thing is this. The one thing that I said was both of these people are hurting, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. And what I said was, you have to be careful of the people that you partner with because you you have to understand anything that you are connected to. Watch this. This is a preach word. Anything that you are connected to, you will be affected by or you will be infected by. That's what better or worse means. That's what sickness and health means. That means when she gets sick, you get sick too. Don't you remember when Idris Elba got COVID and his wife was like, okay, now I have COVID too. What? (laughs) That's what it means? Yes. That's what it means. That's what it means. So you have to be careful of your network because specifically when we're talking about these cartels, listen, Nino Brown was right. If this person is not who he says he is, I'm going to take him out and I'm going to take you out too because you brought him to me and you, it's your job to bet. It's your job to trust but verify. And if you bring something into my organization and you mess up my money, I'm going to mess you up too. That's what the RICO law is about. It's about networking. And so when we see here that this cartel, it evolves and it really does move like a a living thing because it doesn't matter whether you take the head of the organization out because there's always people who are waiting in the wings. And what's really crazy sometimes is that it may not be someone who's next in line that at, that actually gets to be the head of the cartel. In, in, in weird cases, you can get someone who is head of another cartel to be the head of a, comp- of a competing cartel. Oh, yes. And the reason why it's so salacious, the reason why we look at it is sexy. It is absolutely sexy to see how these organizations work. I already told you before, um, Jeff Bezos, uh, Elon Musk, whoever the richest one is, because they fight to be number one now in the world. They're not the richest people in the world. These cartel people are. You, you, you want to know how I can prove it? This is one way you can disprove a negative. Here's how I can prove it. Have you seen El Chapo's money? That's the point. That's the point. And and as far as he's concerned, with, with the trail of death and blood that he... It, ain't nobody tell, no one is telling you where it is. Because even breathing in that direction can cost you your life, even though he's in prison. Yeah, we're taking, we're taking big, big steps by even talking about this, but it, it, come on. These cartels work with impunity. But they show the power of organization and they show the power of absolutely ruling with an iron fist. 
we see throughout the show that this cartel is always seeking out new allies, new partners, whether it's other cartels, criminal organizations, or even legitimate businesses. And this allows them to absolutely expand their influence and increase their chances of success. Listen, these cartels want what everyone else on earth wants. They want a better life. They want options. They want choices. They want to be free of stress. Is that so wrong? Absolutely not. The way you do it, but and however, comma, absolutely is, right? You can't go around killing people. (laughs) The cartel also teaches us that it's important to be flexible in your business. When Marty Bird begins working for them, they are initially very distrustful of him. However, they eventually come to see his high value, his high network value and net worth value and begin to work with him even that more closely. Now, we can't go without talking about the Snell family. I told you, I told you this was going to be a little longer today, but th- it's so fascinating, the families that are included in this. And one of the families are the Snell family. And this family is very interesting to me. Um, made up of Darlene and Jacob Snell, um, they are perhaps some of the most ruthless characters on this show, right? They teach us the importance of ruthlessness. Like once you hit a certain level, that, that, that ruthlessness, and that is not to be confused with being bitter, you know, you have to send a signal. You have to send um, word, if you will, that this is not a game. And you'll come, you'll come out in another place if you, if you offend the wrong person. Like the Elizondo and Navarro cartel, Darlene and Jacob Snell were not afraid to break the rules or even bend others uh, to their will to get what they wanted. They were incredibly tenacious. You, you notice I said past tense. Uh, <laughs> and they were always looking for new ways to gain an advantage over their competitors. And, and here's the thing. You reap what you sow. Because if you go out and you are known for being ruthless, you're known for being nasty, you're known for being ugly, don't be surprised when your end becomes abrupt, when your end becomes quick, when your end... No, they're not going to make you suffer. You will go. And they'll burn up your fields. I never quite understood the burning up of fields until I saw this show. It is a reckoning. It is a reckoning. It's a reckoning. And and what really made me really pay attention is that Darlene Snell has was Native American. I'm gonna say that one more time. Darlene Snell was Native American. Native Americans have a completely different relationship with land than any of us. Outside of the agricultural, shout out to the black farmers. Love y'all. But they understand that to some degree, land is sacred. Never mind what they were doing. Never mind they would quote scripture. The devil knows scriptures too. Right? They were always looking for new ways to gain advantage over their competitors. And uh, like many significant or successful businesses, they weren't afraid to act boldly, whether that meant them taking someone else out permanently who got in their way 
or removing rival money laundering operations. So that means in their purview, the Wendy's and Marty's of the world and their children, because they did not care about children, allegedly. Uh, they were in their, their gaze and, and they were in striking distance and they tried and failed. Ultimately, this makes them some of the most fearsome threats on Ozark until they weren't. And that shows us why we should always be prepared for the worst when it comes for our business. When it comes to business, always prepare for the worst. So I want to talk about Jacob a little bit because Jacob lasted a while and the way he went out, I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but in comparison with his wife, Darlene, Jacob was more approachable. He had that Southern hospitality. He had that inviting spirit. He was approachable, right? He had a calmer demeanor and a slower temper. However, his wife was something else. Just call her Trigger Man. Yeah, I said Trigger Man because whoever he wasn't willing to take out, Darlene was. Now, don't be fooled by Jacob's being cool and approachable. He was just as cold and as uncompromising as his wife. And he often enabled and agreed with her homicidal behavior. Jacob speaks calmly and slowly and often conveys his points cryptically through parables and proverbs. As a child... Jacob was severely beaten by his father for neglecting his chores. And as a result, he does not take too kindly to broken promises from his associates. So the show went so far as to showing you why Jacob is the way that he is. And sometimes it's just through a line or two, a memory or two, that you come to understand that sometimes you can create a monster. And that's what most of the people on this cast were. No matter how good they look, no matter how, um, how buttoned up they look, no matter how... Uh, Wendy Bird is a monster. As are her children, as is her husband. You have to be to be in this kind of business. Darlene is a cold and a rash woman with no or little response over the violent decisions that she's made. She lacks foresight in thinking of the consequences of her actions, and instead she relies on her husband to clean up her aftermath of her reckless behavior. She's a proud woman, and she's quick to anger if she feels slighted or disrespected by anyone. And let me tell you something, she has no scruples whatsoever. Mm -hmm. She has a twisted sense of code and etiquette, and uh, listen, you need to know this. She kills her own husband, steals a baby in the most gruesome way I think I've ever seen on regular television. She seduces a 19-year-old child, and also known for also known from the Langmore family. Uh, then they get married so that she can keep this baby. Problem is, she offended the wrong guy. See, what comes around goes around. And the person that she put away in the first season the person who actually is responsible for bringing back what she put out 
happens to be a member of that same cartel. I tell people, I'm saved. Uh, I'll let you know in a minute. What goes around comes around. What you reap is what, or what you sow is that which you will reap. And karma don't skip over people. Karma don't forget. You know, and it comes back to you. She was completely unrepentant. Now, there's different. It's a difference if you're repentant, because sometimes you can repent and you just repent a little bit too late. But other times, you have no remorse. You get what you get. You are still causing and wreaking havoc when you died, meaning you didn't learn the lesson. You didn't learn the lesson. So, what can we learn from these characters from Ozark? We can learn that oh my goodness there's so much staying ahead of the game is crucial for success it means constantly monitoring your competitors and being prepared for anything that's the overarching theme we also see that having a strong network of allies and and partners is vital for strong-term success or long-term success as well as the importance of being flexible and willing to take the necessary risks And finally, we see that sometimes having a ruthless, unyielding approach is one of the best ways that you can get ahead in business. I'm not going to lie to you. (laughs) Regardless of what others may think or say about you, in other words, being prepared for everything, being aggressive when the time is right, and always keeping your eye on the prize, a.k.a. letting the main thing be the main thing. What other businesses or lessons can you learn in business from Ozark? I want you to share your thoughts and your comments below. Even drop us an email or direct message. Follow us on Insta. Follow us on YouTube. Follow us on LinkedIn. Follow us wherever you might see our moniker at ECM Groups. Uh, Tell us your opinion. We'd like to know. Good, bad, ugly, or in indifferent it really doesn't matter be respectful because if you don't we do know we got a mean block ministry that's all i'm gonna say (laughs) and finally i know some of you have been waiting for it my favorite character my absolute favorite character of this whole show is ruth langmore brilliantly played by the actress julia garner and like i said if she doesn't get another Emmy or series of Emmys for her portrayal again in this final season, there's something wrong with the Academy. There's something wrong. Um, she always has loved hip hop. Maybe that's why I like her, but you know, I just have, I get a kick out of, even when I used to play video games back at the Dave and Buster's, I used to love playing those fight games where you get a chance to choose your character. And I always chose uh, like the shortest woman (laughs) that you ever want to see because I'm good at the game. And we'd be going against like these big buff, you know, diesel men. And, And I think that's probably why this woman has a whole, she doesn't realize she's four feet tall like (laughs) she doesn't realize she's she's like a kid have you ever seen a child a toddler walk backwards like they're walking forward and their head is turned in the opposite direction there's no fear whatsoever when they get angry or upset it it doesn't even phase them 
where are you going? Like you, you're walking, you're getting ready to walk out of the door because you're upset. Kid, you can't reach the doorknob. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and this is what <laughs> Darlene is. I'm calling her Darlene because I, I really believe that Ruth's character and Darlene's character is... I really believe that it's a trajectory. I believe that when Ruth looked in Darlene's face, she looked like, if I don't get my life together, I'm going to wind up like this person. Ergo, Ruth and, and, and Darlene didn't mix. They just didn't. Never mind the fact that this woman is like 70 years old. What are you doing with a 19-year-old child? What, what, is, what, 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 what are you doing? So, in terms of Ruth Langmore, Ruth is a determined young woman, and she uh, is not afraid to stand out from the crowd. She's just not. She grew up in a family of habitual petty criminals, and she was always driven to succeed despite the challenges and the obstacles that she faced. And these were real obstacles. You know, these people were living where they were living. I mean, you could tell, look at where they lived. That has a stance on you that takes it leaves a stamp it leaves a mark on you now you decide whether it's for better or for worse but do not neglect the fact that the way you came up is extremely important and it plays a role right so whether um she is trying to navigate the complicated uh, family politics of her criminal of her family's criminal actions or trying to manage the friction and lots of money that comes with working on an expensive money laundering scheme, right? She always stays true to herself, you know? She always goes after what she wants without, you know, letting others control who she is, what she's about, all of that. She's always going to remain that roof that was cussing from the beginning and will, until the end, until the bitter end, roof was who she was, right? She always stayed true to herself, right? And she never let anyone control her message. Everything that she had to say, she said it, and she said it with a coconut smile, right? Her strength, her determination, and her fierce independence was an inspiration to all of us. So whether you're chasing your dream, living a dream, and you it's turning into a nightmare, let us understand and know you can draw inferences and you can draw inspiration from anyone. And I said in the invitation, listen, as soon as they drop this beat right here, as soon as they drop this beat, you should have known, considered, and understand that the frame of mind that she's in, oh, by the way, the name of this song is New York State of Mind. I don't care what came after that. No, this is... The original track. This is the original track. Not that. No. This is it right here. This beat where you can actually hear the needle going across. The scratching going across the album. Yeah. She's driving from the Ozarks. To Chicago. Listening to New York State of Mind. Listening to not just the music, but what inspired the music. How do I know? Because in the last season, you see that she winds up talking to Killer Mike as himself. And she asked him a question about what I just said. 
Do you believe that he had to go through all of that to produce this kind of beat? To produce one of the most epic hip-hop albums of all time. And when you look at... Ooh. When you look at how that album was made... I want you to take copious notes, ladies and gentlemen. This ain't even in my notes. You can plan to go viral. You can plan to have an epic come out. You can plan to be legendary while you're still living in the sticks. While you're still living in a trailer park. While you're still living in the dirty rotten. While you're still living in the projects. If you know how to bring people together, cartel... If you know how to make use of people's gifts, organization, when you put high-level individuals who know how to move not just your product, but they know how to move and to be persuasive in their storytelling so that you can build your business and you can get investors. And oh yeah, by the way, all of us can benefit from this. Cartels, organizations, FBI, CIA, MOUSE, Ozarks, Chicago. What? You can do anything. And you don't need millions of dollars to do it. Absolutely not. Tell your story right. Tell your story slant. Get someone to help you. Get a business to help you. Get an agency to help you. It doesn't have to be ours so that you can tell your story your own way. Your strength, your determination, your fierce independence, that needs to be all throughout your messaging. It was through roofs. Oh, yes, it was. Oh, yes, it was. And you can do the same thing. My take on Ruth in this second half of the final season was, did you all not notice? That Ruth died grieving. She did not have a minute to grieve. Don't think that just because she drove for hours from the Ozarks to Chicago, that that was enough grieving. Her entire family was wiped out. And let me point this out. I believe that if there is a sequel, I I hope there is. I hope there's a movie. I hope you come back and, you know, tie up some loose ends. I, I, I don't see very many. But you can come back and do like Ray Donovan did. That was a beautiful um, exit as well. But I believe that Marty was so conflicted and hurt and was guilt-ridden about Ruth's condition because he said it to his wife. And, And Wendy's a selfish somebody. Wendy said, why do you always choose other people over this family? And I believe in some way, shape, or form that Marty loved Ruth as if she was his own sister or daughter. Because I believe that Ruth was a mirror of Marty. We don't get a whole lot of background on where Marty came from. But he knew that that girl was almost genius level. 
when he saw her. He knew it. He absolutely knew it. And I think you don't know who people are. Like I said, you really don't know who people are until you work with them. And, and, and another level deeper is when you work with them and it hits the fan. And every single time there was a problem, there was an issue in said business, um, Ruth showed up and Ruth showed out. And Ruth was loyal the whole way through. And even though Marty tried to help her as much as he could in the end, um, I think that's going to leave a mark on him for the rest of his life, for the rest of his natural life. Right? So that's it. That's it. Um, let me give you some pointers about Ruth. Again, she has a song, strong sense of self. Um, it is what it is with her. Uh, she knows exactly what she wants and what she doesn't want to be. That <laughs> what she said about that pool right next to the lake, legendary. You got to see it. <laughs> Obviously, you don't know about being wealthy. <laughs> she knows about what her strengths are, how to play them. That makes her successful beyond what she can possibly comprehend for herself. She was already successful from the beginning, from that trailer. Uh, Ruth is completely unafraid to be herself. I said that before, even when it's unpopular. She doesn't give several freaks about anything. It is what it is. She doesn't let anyone control her. And ultimately, Ruth Langmore is a great example of how you want to be in building a personal brand. She really, really is. I don't care what kind of Southern draw you have. It is what it is. And I cannot, I cannot, and I will not leave out this, this, this situation without talking about Camilla. Alvarez. She's always going to be Camilla Alvarez to me. When Camilla came on the scene, I was like, wait a minute. What are they getting ready to do? As soon as she came on set, we were like, somebody's going to die. <laughs> Alessandro is played by Queen of the South, Veronica Falcone. She has been uh, uh, driven by a fierce loyalty to her family. Her son, Javier. Hold on, hold on, wait a minute. <clears throat> Can we talk about Javier? Can we talk about Javi? Hallelujah. Can we talk about Javi? <laughs> Mujer. <laughs> Harvey was fine. <laughs> Harvey looked like Jesus. Woo! <laughs> you just look at him and, oh, a quickening in your spirit. <laughs> Harvey was just, he's another one. He thought, okay, I was college student. <laughs> I graduated magna cum laude. <laughs> I'm a psychopath. Never mind the fact that I just kill on sight. Never mind the fact that I'm going to want to overthrow my uncle and I'm ready to kill him at any point. Never mind all that. My mother loves me. Really? <laughs> you gotta see the show. So, <laughs> Harvey 
his pride and joy. But she refused to stand by when he came up missing. And she understood the game because remember, Camilla is uh, Omar Navarro's uh, sister. Okay, that's his blood sister. So she knew the rules of the game. She understood that, you know, there's only two places that you're going to wind up in this game. And, you know, as Michael Jackson said in The Wiz, <laughs> you can't get out of the game. Da, 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 da. So, Camilla decided that she was not going to play this game. She was going to find out who killed her son. That put her at a terrible disadvantage, but she was still determined to seek revenge for his death. Camilla teams up with Wendy to take down the factions or whoever was responsible. And with one card, one last card left up her sleeve, it was Wendy who, knowing who actually killed Javi, pitted this brother and this sister against each other. I'm telling you, Wendy is Wendy. It, Wendy is the devil spawn. I and and Wendy knows that Camilla will stop at nothing to avenge her son's death. And whether or not Wendy chooses to help her in this ultimate pursuit of power and money and revenge remains to be seen. But one thing is certain. Camilla is out for blood. And that's exactly what she's going to get. I, I, I am literally shaking talking about Camilla because if there's anything that you should learn from Camilla is this. Uh, presence, the power of your presence, the voice of your brand or your business, it's important. Like I said, when I saw Camilla's face, I don't care if she was, I don't care if she gained five pounds, 10 pounds, whatever, however amount of pounds she, she gained. I don't care how she looked. Uh, that's Camilla. And, and they had the nerve to call her Camilla because we know her from Queen of the South. If you saw Camilla in Queen of the South, you understand, it's understood. This is death personified. This is the voice of death and emphysema. This is, this is the personification of the seven ciphers of hell. Mm-hmm. When she opens her mouth, there is nothing, hear me well, ladies and gentlemen, there is nothing that she says that falls to the ground. She moves like a snake. She moves like she is hell on earth. She moves like her feet don't touch the ground, but laps up the dust that is under them. Let me tell you something. We talk about scorched earth. No, 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 no. She is scorched earth. Personified. Be afraid. Be very afraid. 
we heard this term during the Johnny Depp Amber Heard um, uh, court case. It's a term called lethality. Camilla is lethality. She's going to kill you. When she threatened that girl, and I don't know who she is. I don't care who she is. She thought that she could play the game. She thought that she could go across uh, like business as usual. She thought that she was going to get out of the game. She thought that she was just going to get out unscathed. But when Camilla, when she, Camilla is Medusa. Camilla leaned over with that matter of fact draw. <sighs> oh my God. <laughs> When she leaned over like she was from the Sinaloa Mountains and said to that girl, if you lie to me, I will cut you from your what? To your what? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> the whole earth stopped. <laughs> the world stopped spinning on its axis. You want to know why? Because your presence should precede you. When you walk in the room, you better let it be known. I'm not playing with none of y'all. Camilla said what she said. And that girl, she threw the whole generations of the earth under the bus. Yeah, I stole the cookies. Yeah. <laughs> so she snitched out Ruth and that was it. But what she didn't realize was that everyone in that room and Camilla said as much. She said, okay, Get the car. Do dirty. Go in there. Get the car. <laughs> and and you, 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 you watch these bird people. Because if I find out you've been lying to me, I'm not only going to get rid of you. I'm going to kill everything in here. <laughs> so, I'm just saying... Yeah, Camilla gonna be Camilla. And, and that's the way the show ended. And, uh, you know, there were a few ancillary things at the end. Uh, my, my head is all messed up right now because that woman is frightening. That woman is no joke. That woman, it, 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 she's she's so beautiful. She's like an enigma to me as a, as a human being, not just as an actress or as a character. There's just something about her. That she just carries this weight like, <laughs> play if you want. <laughs> Your reputation, the way that you come across, everything. Your presence matters. Your true voice matters in your business. If you need help <laughs> building up your voice, <laughs> reach out to us. Listen, listen, this is the end of a classic and 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 I have to I have to go through this and I'm taking my time because these people who put this program together they actually they did it they really took the time 
to come together. Maybe it has something to do with the pandemic. I don't know. But um, they really took their time in over-delivering a satisfactory season finale. Um, so this is the end of a classic. I have enjoyed every minute of watching it come into being. Um, despite being a, a compromised family, uh, the various factions within Ozark had a great deal of friction surrounding their business, uh, their biz- business at stake. And with so much money at stake, it seemed inevitable that someone would wind up in prison or worse. But despite knowing what it was like uh, to be, what it was more likely to be like for them in the end, the writing and the storytelling was definitely definitely executed with expert precision and leaving us with an unexpected sense of inevitability. It absolutely was. And even though there were no clear paths of uh, out of this criminal uh, life for the Bird family, their story proved how nothing is ever really written in stone. I, I want you to know that you can rewrite the story. You can change the path. You can detour at any time, okay? And and how every ending can always be rewritten just just take that with you if you don't take anything else from what I've said. So whether you're dealing with family drama or large-scale business dealings, um, these lessons from Ozark offer valuable insights into building a solid business strategy. Uh, and so take a page from the show's book and embrace the challenges that come uh, your way without fear. After all, what doesn't kill you does make for compelling viewing. <laughs> watch it (laughs) honorable mention I have to say this Ozark has received positive reviews from critics throughout its run with particular praise from uh, uh, for its tone directing production values and performances particularly those of Bateman and Lenny and Julia Garner this is the series of series that has received a total of 32 primetime any award nominations including two for outstanding drama series with Bateman winning for outstanding directing for a drama series in 2019 and Garner winning twice consecutively for outstanding uh, supporting actress in a drama series in 2019 and 2020 and Bateman has received two further Golden Globe Award nominations for Best Actor on a Television Series Drama. This show is number one for a reason and every single season it comes out, there's a reason for it. I want you to go back to Netflix. I want you to stream the entire series of Ozark. It is loaded with brand strategies in play on the fly and especially when it is time to vivid. pivot. Pivot. I, I can't even speak right and pivot. <laughs> so thank you so much for your time. I, I, I don't believe that we took this much time but it is what it is. I love this show. I love the actors on it. I love the series. I love the platform. There's nothing remotely about this show that I don't love. And I'm telling you, I know that there are other hidden gems that we may not have had time for. But listen, 
Go see the show and you'll see what I'm talking about. I will see you next time on <laughs> From the Grand Side Out Podcast. Signing off. Enjoyed the show? Connect with us across social media at ECM Group, where the conversation continues. Start creating working capital and banking big on your business in just 90 days by working with Tanya and her team. Apply now at ecmgroups.com forward slash work with us. Until next time, just launch already from the brand side out.